welcome to Martini Shot, a podcast production of Nanako Studios. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jordan. Well, we've made it to our second episode. We sure did. Um, proud of us. Yeah. A long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> Without some tef- technical difficulties, and it has been a couple weeks, so we may be a little bit rusty. Um, I had a cold, uh, not COVID, by the way, and I had a trip as well, so that kind of interfered with some of our uh, recording plans, but we are back stronger than ever we're back well I, well I can't put it on you Sarah because also my computer like blew up last week everything's a bit of a oh, drama yeah. but yeah yeah we, we back worries. and drive <laughs> yeah wait, wait, what's a week without a little bit of a computer explosion right yeah I mean you got to keep it spicy your life's just too boring I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 exactly exactly yeah yeah, so this is the second episode of Martini Shot, and we're just this is just a podcast kind of like a behind the scenes at Nanico. We talk a little bit about like what we're working on, um, but also just kind of like talking about film and creative entrepreneurship and really anything that, that kind of settles into that pocket of what I'm going to call the professional content creator, question mark? How's that sound, Sarah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that works. That's perfect. <laughs> All right, so this episode in particular is going to be about the favorites uh, as far as movies and our inspirations, motivations, things like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know where to start, Jordan. I guess let's start at the beginning and like kind of talk about some of like the early movies that kind of inspired us to to create film or at least enjoy film uh, at least. So absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. For me, I guess would be, I guess. Uh, it's a it's a particular phase I think we all went through. Uh, for me, I was in middle school when the big book to movie pipeline took place, and of course, middle school is quite you know your formative years. And things like Harry Potter, Harry Potter was ending around the time I was in middle school. Um, but Hunger Games, Divergent, I don't know, Maze Runner. Fault in Our Stars, those kind of became the very popular movies that teenagers were what were watching during that time. Everyone, you know, went through a phase where they actually started to read, like even like the kids in your class, like the guys who would have never read a book in their life, they started to read. And everyone collectively was excited to, you know, go see this movie that kind of uh, had been in your brain, had you thinking um up until like these movies came out so that that's that's kind of what started um filmmaking for me um because around that same time I started uh, wanting to create my own videos and that was definitely inspired by things like Hunger Games and uh because you know of course you read the book it's you know like you're trying to like imagine it in your head trying to place things and then for it to fully come to life on screen was probably one of the coolest things um that could ever happen to like someone in middle school <laughs> um so that's definitely it, it has are okay are they quality movies no <laughs> do they are they oscar winning films absolutely not but to me they, they have a special place in my heart just because they're they're kind of like the first uh couple of films that got me interested in filmmaking at least um because it was like the art of storytelling um, from that, you know, book to movie pipeline. Yeah, so they, so they did their job. You know, they they got they got you uh, invested and involved. So who cares if they won an Academy Awards or not? Yeah. Like they, they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna talk about the Divergent series being one of the worst films series ever? No, but I still enjoyed it uh, as a thirteen-year-old. Absolutely. Person, so it, so. They, like, they knew their target audience. Yeah. In in hindsight, yeah. we can critique it. See, it's funny because I remember like the last Harry Potter film, like uh, the seventh one, part two, came out my senior year mm. of high school. <laughs> and that was like, I remember like a friend of me going to, that was like the big event. Like we were stoked and, and buzzing to like to get out there. And to be honest, I mean, and I maybe this is like a hot take, but I am not really invested in the whole Marvel universe. Oh. So for me, Harry Potter was kind of like the last like, Oh, gotta go to the movie theater like opening night kind of situation. Like, see, when we're talking about like a big, big right. series. Yeah, so. yeah. There's something special about, and I, I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you because uh, I, I'm quite a big fan of all the Marvel <laughs> yeah. films. There's some tension here uh, through the Zoom. Um, but <laughs> it's getting yeah. spicy. Um, 
but I think I think there's something special whether you're referring to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, whether you're talking about Harry Potter or Star Wars, for instance. There's something special that about like a chain of movies that takes you on a journey. Um, the anticipation of having to wait a full year for the next one. There's something special about that. It's a, a collective hype. Mm. Uh, you know, you find people that are interested in the same, you know, fandom. Uh, as you are, um, whether whatever whatever you know, movie series that is, and everyone's collectively excited all together. There's kind of like this really amazing energy about films like that. And uh, so, even though you don't like Marvel, I guess I'll have to forgive you uh, because Harry Potter is just as amazing. Um, I think there's something special about it. <laughs> See, I should put like a disclaimer. I <laughs> See, I feel like my problem with Marvel was I just like I became aware of it too late like it was our it was like too big of a vet like of an investment but like i felt like i missed the trend i don't have it like i i wouldn't say like i have I, the thing is i can't have an opinion of it because i think i've seen like two of the movies oh, <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh, and i know this is gonna cause a lot of contention this is our our, our second or last yeah, episode. Yes. <laughs> this is it we, we quit after this uh, the band's broken up. Oh, my God. I, you know, I don't want to get on the Marvel tangent because this isn't, you know, that's not the only film series I'm passionate about. But I don't know. Marvel in particular, I highly recommend you just try a couple out. Um, they're, they're all not amazing 10 out of 10 quality. There's, there's flaws within each one. But I do have to commend Marvel for being able to hold a sound series for like 20 plus movies that they, they, they all collectively mm. tie into each other really well and there's something about them that like i mean what's i mean it's hard for if you just like watch a movie you're like trying to like piece things together like what's happening in this but if you watch like from beginning to end or at least what the, the most current film has been it's they're really good at collectively like stringing a narrative together and even in their new like disney plus tv shows amazing like honestly like pretty good quality so i recommend it <laughs> Yeah, that's like a great point though. That's a great that's a great point. Like when we're when we're talking about like, you know, cult I mean, it sounds like like an obvious thing, but like cultivating like a unit excuse me, a universe. Like they I mean, from what I can from what I understand from my very little like first hand knowledge, um it, an incredible like that I can't even imagine, you know. Like imagine like the like the series Bible that is the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. like how like how thick that is. Like I can't I can't even yeah. wrap my head around that. But I think that's interesting because I feel like for me, um, when it comes to like the movies that I think about that really struck a chord with me from a young age, I'm going to say loosely tie into this, like this book to film pipeline. I think the easiest bridge is Lord of the Rings was like the first like trilogy or I'll say series, like fantasy series that just gripped me whole because and I was also um, the benefit of being eight years older than you Sarah is that <laughs> this was like what two like I think the return of the I think 2001 was fellowship and then two, uh, two towers oh two and then return of the king was oh three or something like that and so I was like eight to ten years old so yeah. this was like prime time and I wasn't I wasn't someone who like read the books first I, I got into the movie from like a at a friend's house when I was eight and I was like oh my gosh, this is incredible. So that was like the first for me um, when it comes to like, you know, those those big like, um, you know, universe type situations. Um, and then from that, like it was that and like any type of like war epic. Like I was, I remember being like seven years old, obsessed with the Patriot. Like all yeah. of those like big, and then as I got older, like War and Commander. And then obviously a lot later, War Horse. Like those were the movies when I was thinking of like, original like og jordan into film those were like the ones that were like oh yeah this is this is incredible so um i I feel like there's a lot of correlation between that and like 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 you say like that book to film pipeline yeah now can i ask because you particularly um pointed on on like war movies now is that because of your own interest or was like that kind of like inspired by things that your parents watched you know i i definitely well that's actually a good question because this is going to be a chicken or the egg kind of situation. It was definitely probably my father. I have a really vivid memory of, you know, this is okay. This, I need to say, you're probably like three months old at this point, but put yourself as you can in the context of like (laughs) 2004 ish. So I was like 10. Um, and 
surround sound systems were like all the rage. And my dad had, we just, he just built a house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. remember like the surround sound? And he just built a surround sound system. Yeah, there. yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, so, you, so, so I was like, I think this will translate. Yeah, yeah, we, we have, we still have it actually. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's something about, um, I don't want to like step on your No, go, point, go. But, like, it's something about like, war movies in particular are a very surreal experience when you watch them. Uh, a more recent film, a war film that I liked was Hacksaw Ridge. It's, it's very recent, mm. actually. So not not as relatable as kind of like some of the older war war films, but it's just just surround yourself in the in the moment of like all of this destruction and death happening around you. Like to to have that in your living room was like something pretty incredible. So yeah, I totally understand those those sound systems <laughs> come in clutch. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it like it, I think it was the fact that it was able like there was like entertainment that was able to fully immerse you like outside of your like like your current you know life and you were completely thrust into this whole other situation i think that was what was really captivating and to be only you know made better by like technology like that so like that was it the five points around sound system or whatever it was um <laughs> and so yeah so i think that it was probably def- i know it has to be like 100 percent like a parent particularly for my father I, I remember he brought the patriot home and it was like a and this is like probably right when DVDs were just getting, or maybe we saw on TV first. I don't even remember, but I just remember the Patriot was like, oh my gosh, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't remember the one. Honestly, don't remember the first time I saw the Patriot, but Patriot, I mean, and, and not, not a, a war film, but Gladiator was something pretty impressive oh. to me as well. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, it was Russell Crowe and then Joaquin Phoenix, I think, was like the villain. Yeah, incredible. I mean, I think it's, yeah. So I think when I think of like early favorites or influences, there was that. And then the, almost, I will say, maybe this is another hot take, but I was like, maybe on the other side of the spectrum, but maybe not so much. Um, big budget movie musicals. And we're talking like the 19, is it 68, let's say, production mm. of Oliver. Like I, the, the, the sets, what's, I think once again, it comes back to this whole like immersive experience. Uh, gripped me, mind, body, and soul. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I haven't had too much familiarity with like those particular musicals. Like, um, you said Oliver, um, I'm trying to think. A lot of my musical um, experience as a child of uh, getting to watch was like heavily Disney things like Mary Poppins, uh, things like that, that, that spectrum. So I don't think I've ever seen. Oh, my God. OK, so here's here's the plan, Sarah. Uh, we have like we dedicate a week of our lives. We like we disconnect from the universe as a whole. <laughs> you show me the whole Marvel universe and I will introduce you to all of the classic like 1960s ish movie musicals like how to succeed in business not really trying all those big boys and then we will we'll both have a better understanding of each other <laughs> thank you thank you i i you know what i'll take you up now i need to expand i think that's the one thing that's lacking for me i need to expand my experience in the musical genre because it's honestly like mary poppins sound of music and that's it like that's all i know <laughs> so both really good though yeah so you, it's not honestly. like you're gonna sit here and be like yeah. oh yes i watch yeah. So yeah. While, while my while my like um, expertise on the Broadway musical thing is not grand, I really do know all of the in depth details to the sound of music because that was actually my grandma's favorite film. And oh. so when I'd you know be ba- babysat by her, we watched that over and over again. So I've probably seen it about like 20, 30 times. <laughs> that's oh, that's why. and that's a long one. It is. Yeah. Um, oh wait. You know what? I take that back. Another musical I've seen, um, musical film. Uh, do you remember Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? It's a good, another, another grandparent uh, do favorite. Do I remember Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Of course. Yeah, it was another grandparent favorite. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the whole like baby sad. Also, I think the thing is we didn't have that one. Yeah. Oh. I think it's like, I remember seeing that like at friends' house and we didn't like own it. So you couldn't like, we, you know, put in the VHS or uh, like the DVD player. Yeah, we did. We had, we had the VHS tape of it. Which some people don't know what VHS tapes are. Anymore, it's a sh- it'll come back. It'll be like the fine. vinyls. It's fine. But um, yeah, no, that was a good one. <laughs> the particular like scarring memory from that film was the uh, child snatcher. 
I don't know if you remember that part. Oh. Like, <laughs> isn't that weird? I don't even know what they called it, but, like, that weird, like, castle village thing that they traveled to. It was, like, like that child snatcher with, like, a really long nose. And he's like, I smell children. <laughs> it's, like, pretty scarring for a five-year-old to see that. Dude, yeah. You're, like, so um, traumatized. You're like, it all came back to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> Uh, the formative years, oh, war epics, Ugh. like apocalyptic series, and then child snatchers. Hi, we are all well developed, well balanced yeah. adults. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh. oh my goodness. Now, I'm pretty sure. Don't get me wrong, but I'm pretty sure you have uh, quite the taste for a twenty-four film. Oh, right. Let's let's talk about this, sir, because I think this is a shared taste. Um, yeah. I think what's, what I'm really intrigued about to hear your perspective on this as well is that I think that there is, I don't know if the word is disconnect, but there yeah. there is, it's interesting kind of like the movies or the films or whatever that really stick out to me as a kid versus the kind of like stories I find myself wanting to, you know, tell and the kind of films mm-hmm. I want to make. And so I think I, I would love to get like your like perspective on that as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, eight, I, I what I like, I what I consider to be like, I think where we we've coined it like the A twenty four aesthetic, as as kind of I don't know that sounds like really cringy now I don't know but hey it is what it is, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's it that settles like so strong so like, do you remember like your first like A twenty four like what was your introduction A twenty four? I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> that's okay. I I the first one I saw was actually uh, Midsummer, uh, which was quite a recent film. So in the past, like, two years. Um, but then I, I got hooked on it. And then so, like, naturally, I watched every A24 movie I could. And then um, actually, um, one of the college courses I was taking was required that we watch the Florida Project. And I was blown away by by that. It was amazing. Um, we can get into that. But, yeah, it's – oh, for those of you who don't know, the uncultured human beings. I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> <laughs> so no. exclusive. Uh, A24 is a production company. Um, I don't know how you'd explain them, honestly, Jordan. They're kind of like – they oh. started out pretty small, but they have, like, specific uh, – there's a specific aesthetic to it. There's a specific kind of look and feel. They all feel very original uh, – originally written films I, I don't know how much more i could but you could you could you could expand on that Jordan. no i think i think that's fair i think that's fair i feel like yeah I, they um founded by three guys um all from different backgrounds some more production some more like i'm gonna say hedge fund loosely and that's about all i understand about the financial world um <laughs> they decided to start a distribution company to tell like you know to pick up just unique films, um, to, like powerful films told from like unique perspectives. And I feel like they've re- they really, um, I read somewhere, I think on, I think a big inspiration for them was kind of like the nineties indie film market yeah. where it was kind of like, they felt like there, what there was, there wasn't that kind of touch. There wasn't that company or, um, Oh man, now I'm trying to dig for, this is going to show my lack of like knowledge on this kind of, oh, who cares? Um, uh, oh, there's like, you know, there's a name, it doesn't matter. Okay, the point is, is the, let me come back to the point. The point is, is that I think they saw like a, an opportunity or, or that it was missing. Like there was, it, from the mainstream, there was, there was a very, very unique, um, you know, stories and perspectives and, and films that just were, were missing. And I think they wanted to f- like fill that void. And I would say that they filled it very well. And it really made, has made people excited about independent filmmaking um, that I haven't seen, you know, in a long time. So I don't know. So it's, it's, I, I think they, they just are, they really curate the films that they select, whether it's for distribution or the ones they produce um, to fulfill very specific, I think, artistic goals. And I think they give their, their artists like, a lot of breathing space to really be artists and to be creative and to try things. And I think that's really, really cool and refreshing. There's definitely a lot of, a lot of lessons to be learned about how they structure themselves you know not just as a place um to promote art but also as a business so yeah i'm I'm obviously obviously a huge fan wow you you quite literally uh, did an amazing job explaining that (laughs) after you said i don't think i can (laughs) yeah that's amazing (laughs) oh yeah so well hopefully hopefully it's like true and not bullshit so i'll see (laughs) yeah um yeah, no, there's, 
I, I, I like that that sense of how you mentioned like giving their their directors and writers like creative freedom because um, each one is uniquely different. But again, there's like that strand of similarity between each of them. There's like that, you know, similar aesthetic to it, like that mid 90s vibe you said. Um, oh, yeah, like, and so each good. one is like different in its own way. There's like horror movies. There's there's dramas. There's like I don't I, I don't know what the, the term like to, to refer. I don't even know. Like the term to refer to like realistic uh, situations. Like I, I use the Florida Project, for instance. Yeah. It's um, a film. It's a fictional film, but it follows like real life events, uh, things that are happening in the world. Um, for those who don't know, it's um, the story about... Um, this uh, young woman and her young child, and they're living in the outskirts of Orlando, the big Disney World universal kind of scene of tourism. And they're kind of like living in poverty um, off of this, like those like big well-known areas um, in like this motel kind of situation. Um, and you kind of, it's, it's kind of like a portrayal, an actual portrayal of things that are actually happening down in Florida. Um, kind of, you know, there's just, I don't know. It's it's really, it's a really raw, powerful film. Um, and, and like the fun facts, like that you find out um, the lead character, I forget her name, forgive me, but she's not even an actress. They like pulled her off of like the, I don't know, like some, like in a grocery store or something. I, like she's not even an actress. I feel like she's an Instagram find. Like there's something that tells me that she like. Oh, Instagram, Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Is that true? Am I crazy? I don't know. I, don't I think know. so. I think it was like some of the kids they found in a grocery store. Like no there was way. something about where they were just yeah, because some, some of the kids weren't even actors to begin with either. I'll have to look uh, it up. I think it's like spreading information. we're not. We're not. We don't have fact checkers here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's literally amazing because uh, first off, it's like showing that anyone can act, or, or at least there's like talent out there that it's not yet been discovered. Mm-hmm. But it just makes the film also more powerful and real. And I, I was so like, like honored to like be able to like watch that for a film project because I mean, I don't know. It's it's just kind of like opened me up to like the A twenty four scene and like what they're all about. Um, kind of like sharing those stories. So yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, yeah. It's been really cool to see what they've been. And and it's not just like oh. Here we're gonna give you know we're gonna distribute your indie film. It's like no these these films are doing very well commercially and it's and I think it's really exciting yeah. for independent filmmakers and also that loosely like whether you know writers directors posts whatever that there's it's not you don't have to make it quote unquote make it in, in quote unquote Hollywood you know what I'm saying there's like there's a lot of opportunity out there for people there's a hunger for real stories and fresh perspectives and i think that should be really encouraging to you know anybody who's trying to maybe go the more independent route yeah yeah and i think i mean in in um it pertaining to us as nanico like that's kind of i mean not something we're like building our company after but like it's it's an obviously a reachable um vision for us to kind of like get to that point uh, hopefully Absolutely. one day <laughs> but they're, they're they're like setting the example for like you said a lot of like independent filmmakers and companies like us yeah i don't think nanica would would even be like a thing if there wasn't for if there wasn't for companies like a24 out there that it's like hey look it's it's not easy but it can be done and so i think that's like so their impact can't be yeah. understated for you know if, once again from like an artistic perspective as well as from like a business branding perspective as well you have a favorite A24 film? Oh, oh, I knew it was coming. I've been thinking about this all day. I, okay, here, because here's the thing, and this is going to, at the risk of coming across, is like kind of ostentatious. There's a couple that I like for different reasons. I love Lady Bird. I love Greta Gerwig. Uh. I, I love <laughs> Lady Bird because I think that I, the mother-daughter relationship in Lady Bird is just like, I don't know, it's, 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 it's everything. You know, it speaks a lot. I love like the visuals of like mid nineties. I think that like commitment to that, like it, like the the tone, the the visual tone, it was was so in accordance with the tone of the film, and I think that's like everything to me. Mm-hmm. Um, eighth grade, I don't, and I think I can confidently say I've never seen a film um, 
per, like portray what it's like to be a really awkward 13 year old like eighth grade and Bo like Bo Burnham like can't yeah. give you know can't give him enough credits for that like that's incredible and the floor project as well because I think that was yeah. just from from just like a, from a complete storytelling perspective so anyway, I, I um, so the answer to your question <laughs> all of them <laughs> no I don't have a favorite yeah. um I do like I'll, I'll, I saw um I had a, I was able to see the last black man in San Francisco at Sundance a couple years ago when I was working on the festival mm-hmm. um and that was a really cool it was it felt really it was cool because obviously at the time you didn't know it was going to get picked up by a24 but to, to like look back and be like oh cool i was one of like the one of the people that like part of the audience before you know that i don't know as much as maybe that sounds a little stupid but it was it was a cool experience so yeah I, I just like what they're doing yeah. i haven't seen uh i've been looking forward to seeing like zola but i haven't i want to see it like in the movies i want to go out to the theater but i haven't like Ditto, yeah it. It, agree the um, the green knight but, for me is like the next on my watch list it's oh, in theaters now and i need to yeah. see it want to see no so way <laughs> i didn't realize that sick yeah gotta make a trip out there then <laughs> yeah let's go <laughs> well we're in De- southern delaware yeah. still and there's like and there's you know they're not playing any like <laughs> indie-ish yeah. films at all <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm in the same boat as you though. Like, I I can't honestly pick a favorite either. Um, Midsummer has a special place in my heart because it was the first one on, uh, one I did see that kind of like inspired this like trend of me liking a twenty four. Um, but it's it's kind of like this. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm sure you've seen it, but like it's it's unsettling in the ways of it's it's such a true amazing horror movie with not a bit of like darkness or blackness or like subtlety of that it's very bright cheery cult film yeah. but it's like it's like it's kind of like those and i am I'm, I'm all about like fun facts about films i love like learning facts it's just like the fact that there's no hint of that but it terrifies you to the core it's it's gory it's gross but like it's like daisies and sunflowers and like it, it's so beautiful you know it's I don't know. Something about that, like, is just like fascinating to me. Um, and, and also, as well, to kind of like cap what you said as well. Eighth grade, literally incredible. Bo Burnham is incredible, and, and the fact that he ha- he balances being a comedian with like the side of like a serious tone to him, and and being able to tell these amazing narratives is something incredible. And I don't know if you've seen Inside yet, but you really should if you haven't. <laughs> okay. Inside has been on my watch list for some time. I just didn't necessarily think I was in the correct mental state <laughs> to watch that. Um, Honestly, no so, one is. Even if you think you're in the correct mental state, you're not. Uh. I think, yeah, I feel like it's 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 a journey. There's this song um, in, in like, like halfway through. Um, it's called Shit, and it's quite literally my theme song. <laughs> uh, he, yeah no he mixes comedy with uh, like the reflection of like this past year so well um i don't want to like spoil it but there's a couple songs where he reflects on is it a good time to be a comedian right now mm. um during like this like terrible pandemic because he, he for those who don't know he um filmed like this netflix special uh during covid and uh, it was completely filmed and created and mostly edited by himself and himself um, only. And, all, and it's it's kind of like a musical comedy as well. So all the songs are written and created by him as well and filmed by him. Um, so, so it's like amazingly done visually, uh, lyrically, and uh, structurally, uh, in my opinion. Highly recommend it if you want to laugh and a good cry. <laughs> Uh, and a mix of both in between. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so um, because he also did eighth grade, I had to see it as well. And it's, it was an amazing film. So. so we've talked a lot about like, you know, kind of like favorites and what got us, you know, excited about filmmaking as, you know, children and young adults. But Sarah, I'm really interested to like now, like you at 20 years old, when you're talking about like who inspires you and what inspires you, like talk to me about that. Well, there's particularly two. I mean... As a as an aspiring like uh, filmmaker, d- director, assistant director, um, a lot of directors have inspired me to some certain extent, but uh, not as much as Christopher Nolan has. Christopher Nolan has such uh, has had a, such a soul impact on my life. Almost every report 
project I've had to do for film class. It's It's been about him. This man is like the top tier of my favorite directors. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's responsible for films like Interstellar, Inception, Dunkirk, and the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, I don't care if I sound weird by saying The Dark Knight is possibly one of my favorite films of all time for being a woman, I don't care. It, it's literally amazing. Uh, I don't even like care for Batman a whole lot, but like that film is incredibly stunning visually. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, it's one of those movies that came out of like all the fun facts off of. Like each film in the series has a color scheme, and Dark Knight is like this whoosh gray one. Um, <laughs> we're like <laughs> uh, Batman Begins is an orange color. Like it's <laughs> no, but we want Sarah. We we want to hear. Ah, yes, yes. We want to yeah. know. We want to know. You're, you, we want you. We want to know what what makes you. We're not allowing you to just be like, oh, this is silly, but I'm into it. No, no, no. It's not silly. You're, we, I would love to know. Like, I want to hear these fun facts and what makes you excited about like this trilogy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, in particular, it is the second film of the trilogy. <laughs> uh, the third one is a little disappointing, but we're not going to talk about that one. Uh, it, it is the second one. <laughs> It, it was a sad letdown, but for a good reason, like, um, because of, uh, we all know, like, Heath Ledger passed away, and he wasn't able to be in the third one, and the whole, like, plan was for him to be also a, a central figure, so it kind of, like, the story kind of, like, dives in a negative slope because of that, I think, um, storylines had to obviously be changed, um, but it, it, it was a cool film, it was a good film, but The Dark Knight in particular, um, acting, performances, amazing, uh, older folks might come sue me, but it's fine. I think Christian Bale's the best Batman to ever be portrayed. Um, but yeah. Ooh, <laughs> um, a saucy. Ooh, a tea. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's like one of those uh, performances-wise, obviously Heath Ledger won the Oscar that year for his performances, the Joker. It's quite incredible. Um, the way it terrifies you, and it, it's haunting, and it's not a horror film, but it's definitely an edge-of-your-seat thriller action film that doesn't show an ounce of blood the whole entire film, which is one thing that I found fascinating. Um, there's no blood. I mean, there, there's some, like, uh, hmm. gross stuff, but it's not necessarily blood. Um, uh, from what I read, that it was Christopher Nolan's goal to, to make it um, terrifying, but not gory so that kids couldn't watch it. He did want his movies to be enjoyed by, you know, general audiences, so... Your younger, oh, your younger cool. child of like maybe ten years old could still be able to watch it and be okay with it. Um, yeah, that's what I found out was pretty fascinating. Um, I think cinematography is one of the the best I've seen in a film, and it sounds crazy again, but it it's just kind of like my cup of tea. I know it's not everyone's, but it's mine. Um, yeah, like cinematography, coloring. I, we talked about color scheme for a bit. Love the color scheme um, performances. Um, and then like all the all the fun facts that you find about along the way, like there's this one particular scene where a building's supposed to blow up and it doesn't. So um, uh, Heath Ledger did a bit of improv with, with like the scene and he was pretending that he was pressing the, the button aggressively and it, the building finally actually does blow up. Um, but they left that that scene in the in the in the movie. So and I'm sure I'm sure I'm like, oh, there's like another fun fact like um, Heath Ledger is the first time he steps out into this crowd crowd during like a party scene uh, Michael Caine who plays Alfred in the film he uh, was supposed to say a line but he was too terrified because it was the first time he had ever seen Heath Ledger in full costume the Michael Caine forgot to say his line uh, so it's, no it's just like fun facts shit. like that yeah you're just like oh this is amazing like this is like I love learning those like little bits and details of it um, but then of course like script and narrative story as a whole amazing quite incredible um so yeah, that's 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 my uh, reasoning on why it's one of my favorite movies in particular. But as a whole, um, I love Christopher Nolan's style of filmmaking um, and, and how he puts himself in all scenes of production. He's usually responsible for writing the script uh, with his brother. Um, of course, he's the director, and, and he kind of like he's in every step of the way, um, you know editing wise and things like that so I, I love how he's just like heavily involved um for more difficult movies to understand like interstellar inception i've seen those movies several times and they're even hard for me to understand these big mathematical scientific uh 
worldly um, themes about time and space. They're very complicated to understand, but I just have to appreciate like the amount of work and effort and thought that goes into these films because um, they're they're incredible. Like they're, honestly, they're incredible. I don't know if you've seen any of them, but they're quite amazing. So, and it's it's something I'll never fully understand. Like you'll never fully understand what goes on in Chris Nolan's brain, but I'd love to because um, it, it yeah <laughs> the way he just creates these ideas. It's like what 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 the world? Um, yeah. Oh, and also I, I I thought about it real quick. Uh, Hans Zimmer is the composer for The Dark Knight and several ah. of Chris Nolan's films. And Hans Zimmer is also one of my favorite composers for a film, uh, for films. So. That's another reason <laughs> why I like it. So, yeah. Man, that's all. Like, I, I, I had a friend from college um, who, uh, he, well, he was actually a friend of a friend. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that he was and is a huge Christopher Nolan fan as well. He's a, he's a videographer down in North Carolina now. Um, and he was the one that introduced me to kind of like the Christian, like this, and this would have been like circa 2012, maybe, um, Christopher Nolan film. I didn't, I, in my mind, because, you know, I think this is like indicative of kind of how like dumb we can be in my mind. I was like, oh, he just makes those like made for boys, like action films, you know? And it wasn't, and so like someone as passionate as you, you know, introducing to me that introducing uh, me to like his films, it was, was, was a really great context to be like, oh, wow, to really see the art as opposed to just to be like, oh, you know, write it off because it's like, oh, well, I'm not into like Marvel or whatever, so I'm not going to like, you know, that doesn't, you know, I'm saying like it was, it's a great, like, I guess, a crossover. And then, of course, like Dunkirk and I guess it was 2018 or 2017, whatever that was, that was like, mm-hmm. blew my, like going back, circling back to the whole war movie uh, kind of theme, I mean, icon. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to get too like political, whatever you want to call it. But I think it's very taboo, you know, these days for like people to like be like, oh yeah, why would you like that? You're a girl, you know, like screw you. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, like films don't have special about this <laughs> Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, no. I yeah. know The Dark Knight sounds like a very boy movie, but I don't know. I I I just appreciate filmmaking for what it is and I think it's incredibly well done. So I have to applaud that. Absolutely. So um, what are your some of your inspirations? Uh, <laughs> so I think we, we kind of touched on it before when we talk about War Horse. But um, I think Steven, I mean, and once again, this is not like, you know, you always feel like, okay, actually, this might be a fun time to have this conversation. It's always like kind of, I don't know the word, is stressful, but it's always kind of like, whenever you enter like a, let's talk about films or filmmakers or whatever with people who also like films because it could turn into this whole, you know, like, I don't know, like a little pretentious, a little ostentatious, like, oh, da 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 da, which is like very annoying and just very like, okay. <laughs> like we can all just like, we can, like the thing, like there's films out there like, like Legally Blonde, I think is one of the, one of the best films from like the, from the 2000s. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So like, I, I think I say all that to say, um, to, to think about like filmmakers though, like, and so it's like Steven Spielberg, an obvious influence, an mm-hmm. obvious, like an inspiration in the sense of just like, I think for me seeing the work he put out like you know back from the 80s even today it's like as as like disney you know for for kids like in our in our demographic like disney was like the 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 introduction from a young age like oh my gosh like like dream big and all that i think that was steven spirit when it comes to like a filmmaking like the kind of work he put out the way he pushed boundaries um and defined or re- redefined or define whatever you want to say like a, like a, a time and, and a place in, in the film industry has been a really big inspiration for me I think more recently um Greta Gerwig man I could I could oh. sing so I could like sing silence about her she's, um, she's another one on my list yeah exactly I, I was like I'm sure we have like a similar like opinion on her just because there's she just well, going back to Lady Bird and just being like, oh my gosh, I feel like you see yourself and you see your own experiences kind of projected on the mm-hmm. screen in a very like tangible and realistic way was, well, was and is very impactful for me. Like I think, I, well, and I think most recently, probably the most recent Greta Gerwig film I've seen, maybe the most recent one, uh, Little Women, I, I took, I was like my mom, it was her birthday. This is like the last movie pre-COVID <laughs> or yeah, last movie before everything shut down. 
And mom was like, I really want to go like see a little woman. I was like, well, I'll take you for your birthday. Thinking, oh, little woman. Like, I didn't, it really didn't mean much to me. I don't remember. I read the book, I guess, when I was a kid. And I sat in the movie theater and I cried for two hours because I've never felt so heard and so seen. Um, and so, oh like, her, God. yeah, her yeah. ability to just, to just, I think that's her, like, that just speaks to her, not just as, like, a director, obviously, but as, obviously, as, like, a screenwriter. It's just her ability to take, you know, to translate the human experience onto screen to make an impact, someone like me was just ah, like ah, it's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, uh. <laughs> and it's just it's not just another like remake because uh, the Little Woman has been done, mm-hmm. you know, before. Obviously, uh, it's a classic, and it's it was done and interpreted in such a beautiful way, uh, like following each of the characters. Um, each of the girls, at least, and their own struggles, personal struggles. And I think the one thing that sticks out to me in that film is Joe's particular quote, uh, where she talks about women. Women have have souls and lie and lives, and they're they're not just you know I forget what she says exactly. They're not just like you know pieces of space. Um, and yeah, it like it's amazing. Like I I remember sitting down and watching it for the first time as well. I was actually at home. Uh, I actually didn't see it in a theater, but I w- yeah, it was, it was kind of like this mesmerizing film for me where, where you sit through, you don't, you know, move your eye off of the, the TV screen whatsoever. You just sit there and absorb everything that's happening. And I think it's a testament, again, to her writing ability. And I'm a little... I'm I'm a little peeved that she didn't win an Oscar. Hey, let's talk about it. Oh my god, it's so aggravating. Uh, I mean, I think it was uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, won the uh, uh, screenwriting award for. Um, I saw it too. What was it called? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, okay. That was yeah. oh, that was and the same year. I, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, I guess. Who knows? It was a pretty decent. It was a solid year for film, but like, even you watch it, and, and then you watch the woman, and like, it doesn't compare. I, I'm a little, a little peeved about that, but yeah. Well, I think with like Little Women, it's like, as much as like you and I, maybe I'm speaking for you, so I apologize, but like for me, like I know, I obviously I can speak from my experience, is that as much as like I saw myself in Joe, I I was able to still like empathize with the other, like with Amy and with with Laurie and with like, you can uh, you I think that's what's again a testament to her to her screenwriting ability yeah. and obviously don't want to like underscore like the actors performances as well um but the fact that you were able to relate to everyone's situation and understand where they were coming from even if it, it wasn't you what I, that mm-hmm. that that really struck because once again like I've seen I've seen other I'm sure we both have other adaptations of Little Women and none of them spoke to me like her um interpretation oh, yeah. of it yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I agree with you. Like, so yeah, Joe, so she's she's a big one on my list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joe's one of my favorite uh, characters. Sorry, Joe's one of the most relatable characters to me. But Amy's my favorite, and I love their their dynamic between the two of them. Ooh, yeah. little tea. <laughs> and it's honestly because I, now that's interesting. That's interesting. It's partially, and I and I hate to be like also like cliche, but I'm being hundred percent honest. Saoirse Ronan and Florence Pugh are one of, like, the biggest actresses in this moment. And they're also two of my most favorite actresses. Like, I, I, I have so much respect for both of them and their work that they've done. Like, I don't know. I, I'm like, I have a I have a girl crush on Florence Pugh right now. So. Uh, who, like, who doesn't? <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Mm. And then, and then I was looking, and then I was like, you know, you do like the whole like Google wiki search. She's twenty five. Get out of here. I, I was like blown away. I'm here. I'm thinking she's like you know, late twenties, maybe your age, early thirties. <laughs> you know, in that range. I'm, I, I find out she's only like five years. I hate to like put you in the box. I'm sorry if that's no, no, no it's, it's no, no. I, no, no, I no, just no. found out that she was like only five years older than I was, and she's like mm. playing these amazing characters. I was like. Oh. <laughs> It's insane. I actually, I think Sersha's, I think closer to your age as well. That's yeah. So I think she's like 27, 28 or something. 
I think that's true. I because I, I also, of course, have looked this up. Yeah, and I, I don't remember now, but she, I think yeah, she's between. Yeah, I yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, that's incredible. They're, like they're they're young women and they're doing amazing things. So good on them. Can't wait to see what they do next. Oh, absolutely. I feel like um, well, obviously, like Florence Pugh, she's all all up in the Marvel universe now, right? Like, didn't she just come out with a big film with them? Yes, she was in uh Black Widow as oh. um. Black Widow's or uh, Black Widow's um, sister, so it's very good. Very good film, honestly. And she did, and she was like, she was like that. I hate, I hate to say it, but she was like that standout character. Like, you were more invested in Florence Pugh's character more so than you were invested in Black Widow. I hate to say it, but oof, I don't know. Florence Pugh <laughs> really like hey. took over that film in a good way, you know. Yeah, she's she's incredible. You know that she has a YouTube channel, and you she used to sing like uh, covers of songs. I didn't know about this. What? Look oh my up. goodness! It's pretty cool. Girl, this has become a uh, this podcast has become like a Florence Pugh stan account. You know, like, <laughs> we just I mean, I'm not complaining about it though. Let's pivot hard. <laughs> I'll open like the Twitter account right now and join stan <laughs> Twitter so fast. Don't even tempt me. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, is there any more of like your things that pertaining to you for besides Greta Gerwig? Like, is there any more interest that you have? Um, I think like a quick, uh, yeah, I feel like a, a quick, um, like Wes Anderson nod Ooh. has to be said. Just because, I mean, once again, I in okay, this, I don't know, if this is embarrassing. I'm gonna sit in it because we are all about realism here. My first introduction to Wes Anderson, I shit you not, was he did a holiday themed ad spot for shoot i don't remember what the brand was and i saw it on youtube and it was like a really cool little like short film but it was like it was like a brand it was like branded content it was a a commercial essentially and i was like wow this is really good and then it was like you google and you're like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) like i am i as if of course it's anyway so that's and I wish I could remember now. I like the first thing that popped in my head was like Abercrombie, but I don't think that's it. But anyway, he did it. It's on YouTube. It's really, it's a really cute little like short film. Um, it, once again, it was like a it was like an ad spot. But the point, okay, the point is though, is that I think like I think I think anybody who talks about Wes Anderson has to talk about like symmetry and color and composition and balance and things like that. Oh, obviously, absolutely. all yeah, like all great things. And I think that's something uh, coming from like a more of a photography background than, than necessarily like a like a videography background i feel like that's what really speaks to me because like the co- like i just you just feel like you know that youtube channel that's like every frame of painting have you ever seen that it's like a film commentary technique kind of channel i don't think so no well it's pretty good i, I, I i'm pretty obsessed with it but um that's how i feel like he embodies that like concept of like every frame of painting like you feel like every single frame of his okay. of his films are so intentionally and artfully constructed i think there's a lot like just like um spielberg like you know ha- like mastered the one take i think that there's a lot to learn from like wes anderson how he approaches the art of filmmaking and i think that's something that's that can be difficult you know i think mm-hmm. it's okay where I lump Wes Anderson and Casey Neistat in the same category in my head is that it's like one of those things where it's like when you try to, you know, be inspired by their style, you kind of sometimes might be tempted to just emulate yeah. as opposed to, you know, be inspired by. And I think that because because they both done in their own avenues, have done such an incredible job of, you know, leaning into their vision and knowing, you know, knowing their, um, well, I'll just say vision. But anyway. So Wes Anderson, though, like, once again, like, just, and also story, too. I think what's what's cool about him is that um, when you look at the films he puts out, like, you obviously look at, like, Grand Budapest Hotel or, like, um, wow, I had the biggest brain fart because I just saw it <laughs> on Amazon a minute ago. Anyway, I'm an idiot. I can't remember anything. Um, but um, you look at, like, even just his stories and how, and they're, as much as I commend Greta Gerwig for her sense of like realism and you feel such an like an in accordance with her characters and her stories, you're like, oh my gosh, like that's me. Mm-hmm. I think what I love about Wes Anderson is that he still communicates very basic, like universal human stories, but in a way that's more like fantastical and pulls away from that realism. So what you see it maybe in a different or refreshing light. So anyway, both both like have obviously like like you know speak a lot a lot to me and in different ways um 
but to kind of i guess transition if, if it's a cool i don't want to like j- jump the gun oh, but yeah. um so uh, i'm actually i think it'd be kind of cool and now we've been talking a lot about like traditional like filmmakers or directors um but i what i love about learning from you in the past few months is where you and i think have a, a, a strong like you know background is i love just talking about like digital content creators and how they've like inspired us as Absolutely. you know being involved in the film industry um you want to go ahead how about you jump in jump in on that yeah there's there's a couple of ones that come to mind and i think first off if, if we're talking about like digital creators i think our first platform obviously is youtube and within youtube you have your in influencers what's the word you know the people that you know create uh, uh videos to, to support a product to support like a theme whether it be like fashion food whatever and then you've got your digital creators and i don't i don't mean they're, they're all they all fall under the, the umbrella of digital creators but these guys are making some like heavy you know filmmaking level things on youtube and it's quite incredible like the first one that comes to mind is well you mentioned in the past Casey and I said he's one of the main main leaders of this like uh you know digital creator kind of vibe and a favorite of mine is uh Garrett Watts uh he mixes comedy with like some really like yeah (laughs) he mixes comedy with like really (laughs) heavy like like digital like filmmaking things like like for instance I'll pull like a recent video he made he was redecorating, he bought a new house, he's redecorating uh, his room, and it's like, he's turning it into his 90s dream room. Pretty simple YouTube video, it's like your basic, just like funny video. Like, in the mix, he's like making amazing, like, uh, inserts, time lapse, it's like things like Oscar-worthy level, like, I, I'm not I'm not even, like, joking. It's like, he, he's balancing, like, this element of, like, fun, you know, quick YouTube channel, like, vid, with, like, you know, just a taste of like his his experience as a filmmaker. Like he's just kind of like, I, I I know what he's doing. I see what he's doing. He's just like, hey, like hey, by the way, I'm like really good at making films, because uh, he's he's got some like really like expert level stuff that he does when he films. And then you know, of course, he like goes into like haunted buildings. Um, like recently, he went into like a haunted asylum or a uh, hospital. And it's like him and yeah, his, him uh-huh. and his um, a friend, Aaron Zawicki, who's like the editor and kind of like his documentary. Uh, Andrew. What did I say? Sarah. What did I say? I think it's an Aaron. Oh, oh my God. No. <laughs> it could have been just no. like a Zoom thing. No. <laughs> I know better than this. I'm sorry. I just like Andrew in my head. I'm, I don't know what. It's kind of like, guys. Uh, no, I apologize if I said that wrong. Andrew Zawicki. At least I got his last name right. Um, yeah, no, that's, like, that's the like, harder part, so you got it. <laughs> he's like the documentary, like, uh, vlog that's following Garrett around is like Garrett's being crazy and showing people things. And he also like edits the videos, from my understanding. Um, but together, like, they make quite an, an impressive team. And it's like taking this idea of like, oh, you're fun, regular YouTube video you watch for fun, and they're creating like pieces of art you know almost like short documentary style videos and they're putting it on youtube absolutely i and i think it's what's like it's there's like a lack of pretension about them both too that just is just so inviting and like you know inclusive but yeah it's like funny because mm-hmm. i'll sit there and i'll watch you know whatever i don't know that asylum video was like maybe like it was either like 30 minutes or like 50 minutes long and I'll sit there and I will like be excited, like, yes, this lot, like we got this long video today or whatever. And, but then it's like, you know, if your parents want you to watch like this, I don't know, hour long, like program on TV, it's like, oh my God, I can't be expected to sit here for an hour and watch this. So I think it's, yeah, no. it just goes to like, goes <laughs> to speak to his, to his talent or, and, um, and capability of, you know, creating like, particularly for the internet, like long form pieces of content that uh, that are not just you know good but they're entertaining and they, they keep I, I i'm a huge garrett watts and obviously andrew swicky fan as well yeah um they're like you yeah. know okay this this might be a couple from a couple of years ago but like one of my comfort videos is the video where he's moving out of that like an apartment and it's like four in the morning and it's just like 
chaos and mayhem as he's like his apartment anyway this like that's such a like a diversion from the topic but anyway um love yeah and yeah i totally 100 agree like it yeah and he'll he'll do like the most mundane things but like makes it interesting and shows off his like filmmaking skill his videography talent and editing talent too like yeah. it's like you know like you'll you'll watch you'll watch a video like and his comments at the bottom of his youtube video are honestly all of them are just like commending him they're like this is an amazing video like your filmmaking is actually very good and i'm i don't know like his whole backstory like i don't know if he has like filmmaking experience from college or if he just did it for fun but like whatever the case is like this this guy is very talented and he definitely like sits in this box um outside of like the rest of like your you know creators on youtube um so yeah that's this is one of my favorites (laughs) absolutely um i think that we would be remiss if we did not discuss which used to be a guilty pleasure, but I've since matured and realized there is no such thing as guilty pleasures because we're not embarrassed by our interests. Um, Team Star Kid, let's talk. Well, let's let's uh, talk about the fact that obsessed, like, like obsessed. We were both embarrassed about it, kind of, and then we both found out that we both had watched them, and then we're like, oh, well, <laughs> we both have an interest. Like when I when I tell you that Starkid got me through the year 2016, it is not a lie because I I have forever just amazed at their level what what they pull off with like sometimes like not like when we're talking about funding very little but just the like the the talent and just the the concept I I have not like. You know, I've seen every single one of their productions that they post on YouTube, and there's never been one that I'm like, oh, you know, it, I like others better. Like, they all hit yeah. the mark. So yeah, strong. so they're they're a theater production uh, based off. What was the college that they're based off of? Uh, they're from. Uh, this is gonna. You have to get this right, or you're gonna get like slaughtered. It's I. <laughs> it's I think it's University of Michigan Musical Theater. I don't I think, think it's like, Michigan State. I think it's U of M. Mich- yeah. I th- Ooh, I I'm, I'm nervous. Like I'm sweating yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It, yeah, I was like trying to think. It was trying to like I couldn't think of anything. Like yeah, but I think it's Michigan. So yeah, no. So they're 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 a musical theater company kind of group based from this college. And well, my first introduction to them was a very Harry Potter music musical, um, which took the concept of Harry Potter and like the storyline, and they kind of like packed the whole story into like one stage production with their own twists and comedic gags and things like that and eventually um they, they posted on youtube and eventually it got so popular that they made a second and third one based off of that um some of the some of the like gags that they come up with are like totally unrelated to harry potter but that's why it's funny um yeah and it's it's it was during the phase i got in, got into them obviously because we connecting back to the beginning of the podcast it was like this whole book to movie pipeline Obviously, I had an obsession with Harry Potter, oh, and I sure. was like, I was watching everything I could get my hands on, and then of course this YouTube channel pops up. It was like Star Kid, and I see like Harry Potter in the title, and it was like a musical, and I was like, oh, I didn't know Harry Potter had a musical. Well, found out it's like obviously fan made by a college. <laughs> it wasn't actually legit, <laughs> but it was. It was. It's hilarious. It's funny, and it's a testament to both their acting and singing abilities. Um, Darren Chris was the lead. He played Harry Potter. He's now since become an actor, and he was on Glee. I think he's Darren Chris. Yeah, Darren Chris, and he's he's been oh, on yes. several other projects yes. as well. So yeah, a lot of talent has come from that college Glee, in that particular Versace. stage group. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think something like when it comes to just speaking about like the impact that, that like they've made on me. Besides, like just like like oh, it's just it's entertaining. Like obviously, it's entertaining. But I think what's what was so cool to see with like a group like Stark, like the, the definition of a group of people that just had a, a you know a shared interest, and they made they 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 created content around something that they all like liked and they found funny or whatever, and the ability to build like an audience, a, a very passionate audience around like niche content, which I think is just is the blessing of when we're talking about like the internet and the opportunities it provides. And I think that was something that was really eye opening to me because at that point 
uh, you know, the people that were like big on YouTube were they were more personalities, not necessarily like when to some type of like you know artistic piece. And so that was blue. It, it mm-hmm. was yeah. one of those things where I was like, oh, this is really good. But then when you realize that the fan base around like Team Star Kid, uh, it was it's just like wow, there's other people just as passionate about this and like in a very like real way. So I think that's what's it's um when we're talking about like influence and opening your eyes or your mind to like what could be possible. I think that they definitely have um, played a lot in my head about that. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. They're kind of like the lead creators that have, you know, t- from if we, if we go back to the Harry Potter musical that they did, I mean, they've done several other original pieces as well, but if you, if you take that one, they've taken something that's so, uh, out there like harry potter is everywhere it's like harry potter this harry potter that they've taken something so grand and they've like made it their own they've brought it down to a college level theater experience you know it's it's literally i don't know yeah it's it they're quite the leading examples for how you truly make things your own you know like some of the humor in, in, in the theater shows would not be acceptable in an actual Harry Potter film, but like, it's amazing. It, you know, it's for no. college students, you know, like it's, it's. Or yeah. in 2021. Um, <laughs> or in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my God. I remember watching them on YouTube, obviously. And uh, this is for me, it was in middle school. So this is like 2012, 2013. And it was way back when, um, when, you know, your Wi-Fi wasn't unlimited data. You had like 20 gigabytes <laughs> per month and you couldn't go over it um, or else they like slow your internet service down. Well, I was watching these, you know, Star Kid series of, of the theater productions that they did. And each one was like 10 to, you know, 15 minutes. And I would watch each part and there would be like 20 parts of the show. And I would get in trouble. <laughs> They'd be like, why, why is it slowing <laughs> down? Who, who used all the data for the month? And I was like, mm. I, uh, <laughs> school I would, projects, school projects. Yeah, <laughs> school projects, exactly. Yeah, but I, I, sorry, mom and dad, but <laughs> use your data to watch YouTube. <laughs> so that was my experience. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's what's, what's, um, what's cool. And as they're kind of transitioning more into, uh, from, you know, favorites to like inspirations like today to things kind of like that motivate us as like filmmakers and, and being part of, of all of this. I think that's like, it's, it's the influence from once again, I always revert back to like art and business when it's, I think what's so great about um, this time of like digital media. And it's a very much like this new frontier. There's, there's so many opportunities to, to um, share stories in new and like exciting ways, whether that's like more interactive or, um, more immersive or more authentic or whatever it is. I think that's what's what there. The it's it's not so cut and dry. It's you know it's not like hey if you want to make a film you have to you know raise money and then you have to make it and then you have to like cut it and then pray to God that you'll find someone who will pay to distribute it and you'll it'll be put in a movie theater and you hope that it, you know it gets whatever you know it, it, that that's not the 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 path. Sure, it's mm-hmm. still that, but there's so many more more paths and more ways um, to you know, to get your story out there. And once again, I think it's always, always fun to see, to push yourself as like an artist and how, how can you tell a story in maybe, in maybe a more uh, fresh and exciting way? Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. So after like talking about, you know, some of the, you know, inspirational films that have guided us through our years of life and in some of our, you know, earliest films that we can remember, what's something that motivates you for the future as a filmmaker based on your, you know, past experiences with Ooh. film. I think that and this is like, it always feels silly to say because it's not like, oh yes, I've learned this and now I remember this and I live my life this way. No, I feel like it's like very much you have to get like slapped in the face. With, like I have to get slapped in the face with this a lot to like be reminded of this. Um, but it just speaks to the testament of good films are good stories and good stories are real stories. And it's about, you know, it's a good reminder to like motivate you to to continually try to you know as scary as it can be be more vulnerable be more real be more true um and that's really where you find you know the thing that that other people connect with because that, that's the thing it's like i like when i think about as an artist and like creating art it's like you want i want to 
creates something that somebody else can relate to or be challenged by or, you know, it's not a static experience. And I think that's kind of what I try to, you know, I forget about it all the time. You have, you have your moments, you know, no one's, no one is without their insecurities or whatever, but (laughs) I think that's what's so cool to look up, look back on these, yeah, look back on these like filmmakers or look back on these types of content or whatever. And that's, and that's to me what I, what kind of pushes, you know, pushes along when things get, you know, frustrating or um, discouraging. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Sarah? I'm going to, I want to, I felt like that was very exposed. Like I don't like, uh, very vulnerable. So now I'm going to turn the tables to you and make you talk. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think looking back on all of my, you know, favorite films, favorite directors, things like that, they're all forms of self-expression, honestly. And I think that's why I best fit into like this film niche as a career because I am I do better when I write my thoughts out or or express it through visuals I'm not so good on the speaking portion um because you know writing or or uh doing something visually allows me to express everything I want to say and and you know think about it and think on it um so yeah I I think that's what motivates me to to create films and things like that is because that's how I express myself. Um, yeah. And, and plus it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fucking fun. <laughs> it's some, there's something about like being able to share something with others. Um, it's, I'm all about storytelling and I, I think, I don't know. Film is some of the best, or is, film is one of the best ways to tell a story. And I mean, yeah, we can do it through a book, but or we can do it through a song i don't know but there's something about it that really inspires me to do this as a career um yeah yeah i think it's it's, it's so (laughs) like it's a good way to open up no but but that's true but i think you're you're hitting the nail on the head and i'm actually really glad that we settled like you settled us on this point i think this is this is this is it is that it's like filmmaking is hard because there's a lot of things you kind of have to I say get right very loosely but it's like yeah like you're reading a book it's it's a visual medium this music it's a it's an audio medium whereas film it combines look visual and all that and has to somehow find a balance that translates so I mean I couldn't I I never really thought about it like that simply before but that that's like 100% it yeah <laughs> yeah well I think we did it I think we finished off pretty strong. What do you think? Somehow we managed. No, that yeah, this is this is sick, Sarah. Like it's I'm looking at the time and I'm like, oh no, like we've gone forever, but I don't know, it's a lot of fun, so <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode, our second episode of Martini Shot. Uh, to take a look at what we're working on, casting calls, newsletters, and more, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Nanico and our website ww n-a-n-t-i dot c-o also check us out on youtube and tiktok and don't forget to catch us next week for the third episode of martini shot i'll see you next week jordan see you next week